Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Athletics National College Football Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Nicole Auerbach. I'm thrilled to be joined for a national championship reaction show by my friend and colleague Michael Felder from Stadium. We'll break down all the biggest storylines in college football in an hour or less. If you enjoy this podcast, just a reminder that you probably enjoy the rest of the feed and you should check it out. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review The Andy Staples Show and Friends. Five stars because... Much like Ari Wasserman's favorite prospects, and really the only prospects he talks about, we want to make an immediate impact. Felder, happy day after the national championship. We made it. We made it to the finish line. I know. Cheers. I saw you in Indianapolis, which is nice. And they, listen, we got a game. We got a good game. I think all the stuff that we've talked about kind of played itself out. And while we, while I, I know myself picked Alabama to win, the things that Georgia needed to do to get the W they took care of. And so I'm very excited to celebrate them for, for getting the job done. Me too. I I think that there's, there's so many interesting tentacles of the result itself, but I was with you too. We can start there. Um, You know, cause I think everyone always wants to know your prediction for these types of things, even, you know, and people especially love when we get them wrong. So I also took Alabama in a close game. And the reason I did it was because, I have talked myself into choosing against Nick Saban multiple times. I've said, you know, this is going to be the team. This is going to be the coach to do it. And then I just stopped doing it. Stopped trying to be interesting with playoff picks and game predictions and just said, I will default to riding with Nick Saban until the clock is zero and it is not his team that won the game. So I was with you. You know, it was it was pretty clear what Georgia needed to do to, to, to win this game. It was going to have to get... A lot more pressure on Bryce Young than they did the last time. Stetson Bennett was going to need to be basically perfect, and we can get into his performance. Um, but, you know, they they did what they did for almost every game this season. And it was just remarkable. I mean, I was, I was, I was listening back to um, Andy and Ubbins' pod that they recorded at whatever hour of night last, uh, last night right after the game, and they were talking about just like, how many of the crazy parts of the game happened in the fourth quarter and the fact that Stetson Bennett's fumble was in the fourth quarter and they responded and that didn't, that didn't sink them. So what was, what was the most interesting part of the game to you? I mean, let's start, let's start there. I think the most interesting part of the game for me was the failure of um, Alabama's players to rise to the occasion and that's not a knock on them. And I don't, I don't, I'm not in it. I'm not in this to critique kids or, or to put kids down. I'm not, that's not my thing, but usually you see somebody stand up and they just didn't have anybody with the exception of a handful of players, Bryce Young, Will Anderson, 
uh, even uh, Fedaris Mathis. Like they, they had a handful of Jordan Battle. They had a handful of guys really stand up. But at key points, there it seemed like there were guys that kind of shrunk away from the moment. And that was not something I was used to seeing. But I also think that's a – that was sort of a symptom of the disease that Nick Saban had been trying to treat all season long. Does that make sense? I want to get back to that in one second, but I, you know, as you as you're talking, the the immediate images I had were after the two, you know, kind of are they a fumble or aren't they a fumble moments. Mm-hmm. So the one right at the beginning of the game, I don't know if I've ever seen Alabama players that like lackadaisical after a ball came out, just sort of like looking at it. And again, it it, it got overturned. It was overruled. And then I, I mean, when then with Stetson Bennett's and just the most casual like pickup and you know defensive possession and it was just kind of this crazy like and I, the foot was in and all that, but it was also just really casual and it, you know it was just it was just kind of I, I, I maybe I'm making too much out of this, but it was strange to see Alabama players not immediately going for the ball or playing with urgency when the ball popped out in those See, I, moments. I guess for me, like those two moments the I had no idea. What, like, I'm not surprised that nobody else had any idea what was happening with the first play with Bryce Young. Yeah. Because nobody knew what was going on. No one had any idea what was going on. And obviously you being in the stadium, maybe you had a better advantage than someone that was watching on television like me. I had two separate feeds going and both feeds were like, whatever, who cares? Don't know what's happening. And I was like, I have no clue. Like, was that? A, I don't know. Show me a replay, please. And then with Stetson Bennett's. See, I, I felt the opposite. The second one was the the one where no one, we, we everyone was stunned that they ruled it a fumble in the first place. Well, that's that's what I was getting. The first one, the first one for me, like literally, you, if, if you watch this game on television, you couldn't see what happened. In the second one, you saw what happened, and it felt like an open and shut case until you got a chance to see the replay. It felt like an open and shut, oh, they th- he threw it. This is going to get overturned. And then yes. it was like, oh, no. Personally, as someone who likes defense, I think they both should have been fumbles. I am glad that the second one didn't end up, like, defining the game. I am glad that Georgia basically just went out and won the game anyway. Sure. I'm just what I'm saying. I, like, I don't care who wins the game or not. What no, I'm no, saying. No, no, I know. I know what you're saying. I, but, I'm saying as a defensive person, I think both both defenses should have been rewarded for those plays for causing them. Yeah. Because they created those that that, that negative scenario. And yes. I think that I, listen. And if we're gonna litigate this, I'm very happy that they called intentional grounding on Bryce Young at the end of the game when he threw to nobody. I like that. That's the thing I like because the defense gets rewarded. But the point that I was going to make yeah, is... Yeah, yeah, is, so we can get back to your, te- your saying about just Alabama not rising. To right, the- but, right, but the point that I was going to make is, it, to, to, to respond to your point, was we look at these big moments, but it's the little, the little moments are what win and lose football games. And to me, the king of the little moments in this game was Georgia. And they were the king of the little moments because... The, the catch by Kenny McIntosh, that was bobbled, right? That should have been an incomplete pass, but he makes the catch. Brock Bowers, another bobbled ball that should have been incomplete, but he makes the catch. 
flip it over to the other side, Alabama. And we get, what is it, 84, 84. Ball hits him in the hands and the chest, drop. We get uh, a seven, hits him in the hands, drop. That's, that's the difference in a football game, those little moments. people. Nobody's going to circle those. Nobody's going to circle that. Nobody's going to circle Jordan Davis moving sideline to sideline and moving the bubble two yards back and then moving the bubble to the side to make Brian Robinson make a decision before he's ready in a zone run. Nobody's going to circle that. But to me, that's where this game was won is those little moments. And then to circle back to the what I was talking about with respect to a, a larger moment or, or players rising. I think Cameron Latu played a hell of a football game. I thought he, with the exception of the Nicobe Dean play, which I think is the best two play sequence in the game with Dean and Dean chastising, uh, uh, chastising Tyndall and then Tyndall rising the next play. Amazing. Latu made, he, he missed one play, but his counter, not his counterpart, his partner, 19 Billingsley, had a rough game. It was a rough game. It was a rough outing for him. Things just couldn't go his way. He couldn't, he couldn't figure things out. He couldn't get it going in the right direction. And um, by the way, this is, this is new news on, on Tuesday. He's in the portal. Sure. All the, uh, the, the post-championship game reaction. But let's, let's go back to the, the little moments you said, you know, kind of where Georgia wins the game. Because I'm with you there, and also just, again, to be – like there were just so many impressive pieces of, of what happened and, and how to win a national championship. And I I loved – just, again, we knew that they needed to get pressure pressure on Bryce Young. Oh, we, all, we also knew, okay, so they, they finished the game without, you know, their two best receivers. And that makes life harder for, for Bryce Young, too. But they put pressure. They did different things. They were creative. And then they just kept coming. I mean, there were a lot of times where you could tell he was he had to get the ball out sooner than he wanted to. Sure. There were definitely drops. There were definitely all sorts of other issues. But yeah. it was like to do that on, on almost every single play or to, to get to him or to make his life miserable on most plays makes – it adds up, right? It is little things that maybe it's, you know, it's not even in the stat sheet. It's not a sack. It's not a tackle for loss, whatever. But it makes a difference in the game when it adds up. And then I just also love that they won the game in the fourth quarter. I mean, the game kind of exploded in the fourth quarter. But um, especially, and, and Stetson Bennett talked about this after the game, the drive to, to basically put the game away. I mean, I know the pick six was really putting the game away. But when you hand the ball off, and you know that you're going to get chunk yards on the ground against Alabama to win a national championship. Like that was a really rewarding moment he was talking about. And also just like, just you could tell how great he felt about literally handing the ball off in those situations and seeing them get inch closer and closer to a national championship. But that's just a really cool way to, to get the, you know, for Kirby to get the Nick Saban thing off your back to, to, to really, you know, first national championship in 41 years. Like, I just love the way that they had to win it in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this. If this game is played in the 20s, Georgia wins. If this game plays into the 30s or the 40s, Georgia loses. And they played this game in the 20s. They won. And... It's a product of Alabama not capitalizing on a lot of things, mistakes, 
but a lot of those mistakes were forced. And I think you give credit to Georgia for those forced mistakes. I, I, I don't know. For me, winning in the fourth quarter, yes, that's, that's fantastic. But I, you tell me. You tell me. Maybe I'm just, like, too, like, jaded or, like, like dialed in or whatever. Up until the Ringo interception, I was like, oh, Alabama's still going to win. I think I think it changed for me on the uh, the the, uh, the the screen pass touchdown. I think I think that was when I started to feel pretty good about it. Okay. It felt like the game was getting there, but no, I mean, like I was not certainly. I, I think that there was some probably some premature celebration in the stadium at that point, and and you, then you also obviously had all these Georgia fans who were so used to heartbreak, and so they were absolutely not going to celebrate. And basically, right. it took until the pick six to even like come close to thinking that they're going to win the game. But um, no, I mean, I'm with you. I think, and this is actually what I wanted to ask you, like how, how good of a football game was it? Because to me, like what you're talking about, like did Alabama have a chance at the end? Did it feel like they were going to win? It, de- it definitely did for, for large periods of time in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, but was it, was it a good, was it a good game? Yeah, I enjoyed it. Like this was, it was a sparring match. It was two teams that came out and punched up and they punched hard. And, oh man, there was, it was so physical. There were guys that just hitting <sighs> Lewis scene is, I absolutely love to watch him play football, the way that he gets downhill and just strokes people. But then shout out to Brian Robinson. He's a dude. He's not a Jag. He's a dude. And scene came down to stroke him. And he said, no, sir, not today and walked him to the sidelines. And that was like, I was like, yo, okay, we got some, this is equal. And then when, and I don't know how many people have talked about this and maybe I'm some sort of a weird psycho, but like, I'm sure everybody else in the world has probably talked about this, but moving Jamari Sawyer to right guard was a humongous turning point in this football game that allowed them to create push. It allowed them to stop the interior pressure that we were getting from Christian Harris. It allowed them to be able to push everything wider so that Stetson Bennett could step up into the pocket. And it also allowed them to get good push up front. And then at the end of the game, obviously with Zeus, it was able, they were able to, to, to generate that, that, that long, that strong push up field. And, and so again, I'm sure everybody's already mentioned this whole thing, but like the thing from that was a huge point for me. I think William Poole in this football game was amazing. You take out 47, you put in 31, and now you got a guy that can cover inside, can cover outside. And it's he's had a couple pass breakups and he had some denials that made Bryce Young go an extra step in processing. And when you make a quarterback go an extra step in processing, that allows your guys to get home. So I guess for me, I just, those are the things that I like for watching this game. That's what I'm looking at is I think 31, I think 69, I think to me, those are the two personnel moves that probably mattered the most. In addition to obviously 99 playing a lot, obviously 88 being a warrior, obviously 17 being the best defensive football player all around on the field. And then you go to Alabama, 31 is amazing. He's unstoppable. So I thought it was a really good football game. I I think going into halftime, and this is the scary part, is Kirby Smart's thinking, heck yeah, I did it. We we, we got him right where we want him. And Nick Saban's thinking, 
we got to we're gonna have to turn up the heat. And the problem was the, the problem was their thermostat was broken. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. I also think it was a good game. And I think that the element of... So here's... And this is where we talk about college football as a TV show, because which I know you love to do. But national championship game, we talk about like these these types of games. It is theoretically shooting for a broader sports audience, right? Like it is theoretically getting casual sports fans that are not diehard college football people. And this is part of the reason that like, when you look at, when you talk about like it's being dominated by the same couple of teams in the same region, same conference in this particular case, et cetera, et cetera. When you think about the health of it, but I do, I, I do feel like it was a lot of the general fans who maybe weren't watching to, to me. The, the story of this season was great defenses, great, defensive players, individual performances. We talked about defensive players in the Heisman conversation, but we were trying to figure out, I mean, like you had, you know, Oklahoma state had a great defense and, and that wrote, you know, they rode that to the big 12 title game. And you had, you know, a lot of games in the teens and the big 12 and, and the shift there and Michigan and Georgia and all of these, 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 you know, these, these incredible performances and units and I think that maybe some of the people who felt like it was boring or didn't want to see just field goals or whatever that was, maybe weren't really appreciating some of the some of the things we've seen defensive coordinators and defensive players figure out in this era of offenses, where they were, you know, behind or there was just constant innovation and the rules were favoring offenses for so long. And I, so I, I don't know. Like I felt like it was it was it was special to get to see. Will Anderson in person on that field. It was special to watch, honestly, like basically the entire Georgia defense, the, the team speed on that side of the ball. Like you, you can see it on TV, but just how quick they close. Like it was just, it was remarkable. Like all of that stuff was really cool to me, even though it was a battle of, you know, it was just exchanging field goals and, you know, you weren't really sure how exciting the game was going to look. But I thought that stuff was great. But then, yeah, when the fireworks started and, and people started scoring and Stetson Bennett, you know, wrote himself into, you know, a Disney movie someday. Like, that stuff was great, too. But I, I think it was just slower. Like, it needed it needed the jolt. And we got the jolt. What do you mean? What do you mean we got the jolt? The jolt was... I think the jolt was everything that happened with the fumble and after in the fourth quarter. All the scoring, the bigger the bigger plays. I mean, it was... Once we broke out of the, the field goals... And and I think that that was like it just felt different at that point, 
But that's also, again, just sort of like the offense versus like appreciating defense. Like it's just about how you consume the game. And again, I also think like the audience for the game, probably, you know, casual fans these days, you know, they want points. They want offenses. Yeah, I, it's interesting um, for me. I just, yeah, I, I guess that's the thing I, I don't, I don't think about nearly as much. If anything, it's, it's, I think about it a lot less during the game and obviously in the moments after the game, what I've been doing is watching the game again and again and again. So how many times have you watched the game? Three times. And there's all these new things that I keep seeing, but yeah, you're right. I think that probably the, 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 your casual is very, they want this to be a 45 to 40 something game, but I'll tell you what, if this game is in the forties, Alabama wins. It's true. I mean, I just, I'm thinking like, you know, if that game ended like 15, what was it on pace, right? It was like 15, 12 or 15, 13 yeah. or whatever. Right. Um, you know, like I, I think people would have said that that wasn't, that wasn't fun. That wasn't a great national championship game because it is, a, you know, like what we're talking about, about what, what do people want to see? They do want to see those shootouts. They're used to those types of games. Um, but I think this had a little bit, this had everything, this had everything. And, I, I just it, it felt again to, to see the Georgia defensive speed in person was was really cool. I had not seen Georgia play in person this season yet. A slow either. And I guess the, the thing for me is where do you make your hey, where do you make your opportunity? And the difference was Alabama was probing outside for opportunity and Georgia was able to fly to it. Georgia decided we're not going to make our opportunity out of the outside. Our opportunity is going to come on the interior between the hashes uh, right near the box. And we're just going to go straight. And that was the big thing. And again, that goes back to Jamari Sawyer moving inside. It also speaks to, to Henry Toto. He had a rough day. It was a rough day for him. Uh, as good as Christian Harris was, Toto wasn't. And I didn't realize he, how small he was. And I thought about it. The first time I thought about it was against uh, when he, when when Darnell Washington caught that pass over him in the SEC championship game. But then to watch him be pushed around and moved around and boxed out of things, I was like, oh, he's he is a he's a little guy compared to these guys at least. And so for me, yes, it's not for casual fans. I, I I'm I'm trying to be a lot more positive. That's what this sounds like. I'm trying to be because I'm sick of people sending me freaking DMs about how negative I am about stuff all the time. I'm trying to be a lot more. I, positive. Think, I, I just think the game had something for everyone. I, I think that like if you appreciate the game the way that you like it and you wanted these two, these these teams that you know just have so these players are so good. They're big. They're strong. They're fast. Yeah. Going up against each other and two coaches in a chess match, you got that, and then you also oh. got. Some of the crazy, you know, the the exciting plays at the end. The chess match part is what's important to me. And because I, I don't think, like, well, you know what? No, I'm going to let you answer this sight unseen. You don't know how I feel about it at all. Do you think that Nick, Nick do you think that Kirby Smart outsmarted or outcoached Nick Saban in this football game? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, so, I don't think so in the past and we've talked about this, right? Because, you know, the kind of the overarching things with Georgia was, you know, Kirby's in-game management has cost him in, against mm -hmm. Saban before quarterback play, blah, blah, blah. I don't really think it came down to that. Mm -hmm. 
Like, I, I, you know, clearly what they were trying to do different defensively, what they were trying to do, you know, scheme-wise and, you know, what Todd Munkin was calling and different things. Like, there, there was certainly preparation and, and, and things like that. But um, I don't know that it necessarily came down to something like that in-game. I don't think it did either. But I think that's, that's, but I think that's rooted in a failure on, as, we, as I mentioned at the top of the show, Bama's players' inability to rise to the occasion. Had Alabama could have won the game. Could have won the game. Yeah, probably. They're probably sitting. Let me put it this way: If you're sitting in film, if you're one of those offensive analysts or defensive assistant, and you're sitting there watching this game, you're pointing to four things, and you're like, "Yeah, that's on us." The, the 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 red zone. I mean, again, Georgia's defense was was great in the red zone, right? Oh, like this, they, it's uh, it's not a knock on them. I'm not taking no. anything away from no, them. No, but I but yeah, there were opportunities. There were opportunities yes. and moments for for Alabama, and certainly for them to like pull away more. Because again, when you're thinking about all those field goals, which which could have changed the game. But to, so to your point, so yeah, I don't think Kirby Smart needed to. He didn't need to outsmart Nick Saban in the game. No. The, not the way it was it played out. He won the way he wanted to win. Which is yes. winning a game. What do I? I always say what twenty four to seventeen. He ended up winning it twenty six to eighteen. Is that right? Yeah, it was right in the same. Well, thirty three, but yeah, it was it was yeah, in the same. I'm, yeah, sure. You get the throwaway touching at the end, but I'm talking about the the, the actual offensive score of the game was was it twenty was it twenty six eighteen? Yes. Eight points that he got. That's what he got. He got what he won. Yeah. So to spin it forward. Does that mean, like, this reinforces everything that he believes in, right? Yes. Yes. Is that good or bad? Interesting question as well, because, again, like, (laughs) wasn't this whole – the whole thing about Stetson Bennett going in, right, was that people were, like, wondering if Kirby Smart was making the right decision there. Uh And he had a quarterback that was – ended up being good enough to win that game. Right. It was it was a, a, a tough first half where it didn't look like that was necessarily going to be the case. Seventeen for seventeen for twenty six, running around like for his life uh-huh. in a lot of moments. But so so that didn't that that validated Kirby's faith in staying with Bennett, right? So okay, right. So that's one thing it did, um, and you know they 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 won the game in a way that they were comfortable with. Their defense did what they did again in all but one game this year. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't think it causes him to question anything. The way that he wanted right. to win a national championship, he got to win a national championship. His way is the right way. But I do think that, I mean, again, I, I think that they will ha- upgrade the quarterback position, you know, to a more like. Why? He won a national championship doing it. This- don't you just think that they will at some point get a guy what? who will be a first round draft pick quarterback? For what? I don't know. I'm so, the, like, does this change the quarterback position and what we think it needs to be in this, this is, era of college football? It's the same as before. Like, what's the difference between Stetson Bennett and Greg McElroy? Three or four inches height-wise? Yeah. Maybe. But, but like, but we're talking about this era, like 2022 right. college football. But we're not living in this era when he wins the way that they won in the previous era. So you think 
so okay, so so you think he's just gonna stick with Stetson Bennett type players? Yeah. Okay. I, I think he's I think he's very comfortable with this. I think his way works. If he would have won with From, he would like he's doing the same exact things. That's true. Why change? If so, it ain't so broke, is, don't fix it. Is this one of the lasting impact? Like, is this something that is a thing coming out of this game? I'm wondering, like, what what comes out of this game and what we learned from that? I think with Nick Saban, what we learn is he can be as nice as he wants, but at the end of the day, he can still be failed. And not him fail, but he can be failed. Like, people can fail on him, and which is what we saw happen. He called a good game. The game was where he wanted it to be. The problem was the guys didn't take care of business, and that's because – they just weren't ready to step up to the challenge. On the other side of things with Georgia, I think that what we're seeing is, hey, see, my way does work. It's good. I'm happy with it. I don't have to change. I'll keep doing this. And losing to – because it's easy to lose to Alabama and say, well, they're Alabama. It's, it's, it's different. So I don't know if that means that whether it's an Ohio State game. I don't know what it. I don't know what it's going to take for Kirby Smart to, like, I don't know what it's going to take for him to maximize all the players on that roster, because we still have George Pickens with what one touch, we have Cook with a heck of a touch, by the way. Sure, on a throw that looked amazing. Yes. Yeah, on a throw that looked insane. Yes. What did it look like in the? What did it look like in the uh, in the stadium? Okay, so I, the the press box was like in the corner, top corner. Sure. So you could you could see that it had a lot of arc on it, but it you could up in the air. Yeah, you you couldn't. I I don't think I had the full grasp of like how much of a rainbow that thing was until yes. the replay because of just the angle. But it was up there forever. Yeah. The catch was, was amazing though. Yeah, it was crazy. It was like, whoa, hey man, put this thing on a on a line. <laughs> Let's go. But yes. But the point, like. Cook only had, what, six touches? And one touch, the most impactful touch of the game, obviously the 67-yard run. But maximizing your players, I think, is still important. And But if you can get it done without maximizing all of them, then you just keep getting it done that way. And I, I so I don't see, even though they beat Alabama, even though they won a national championship, I don't see a reason to think that this is any different than, as we've been calling them, Alabama from 2008 to 2014. Same idea. And that's not enough. They own this championship. And I guess before we get into, I know we got to talk a little bit of playoff here in a second, but or playoff expansion, if you will. I don't want to hear about injuries at all. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to like do a huge discussion about them or what ifs, because ifs and buts were candy and nuts, the world would be a lot sweeter place. But like if you're one, if any anyone wants to say, well, if our guys weren't hurt, we would have won. And if Texas's guy wasn't hurt, maybe you don't win that first national championship. So let's put all that to bed now. Okay, I I I'm I'm with you on that on that for for this conversation for absolutely sure. It doesn't change things. It's it's just it's what ifs. You can you can live in that and write books that are hypotheticals, and that's totally fine. Um, but in terms of like the, the fallout from this game, I do think there's a couple other key points and, and we do need to talk about the playoff expansion, um, yes. and, and the stall, but I think it's good. It, I think it's good for the sport and for everyone else's mental health that 
an Alabama, Alabama team win. did not. Yeah, this Alabama team did not win a national championship because this was not the team, the 2020 team that right. had you know half the first round of the NFL draft. I mean, like right. this. It would have been so demoralizing if this Alabama team still was the best. It was still one. Still See, do you think it would have been demoralizing to everyone else who's trying to to figure out how to get up there? I, I do. I mean, I I don't think I think Georgia was gonna get there, right? Like they were. See, gonna, it's inspiring to me. Like I a, think a team no, that's but, not as good as the other team, they find a way to win. Like they're truly no, an that's underdog. A, no, agreed. And Nick Saban, incredible coaching job that this team. Right. But I'm saying for the sport as a whole, we're talking we talk about trying to figure out like to go from good to great and then great to elite. Like it's Alabama's gonna win it so many other years when they're actually, you know, like just this like just powerhouse that, you know, just has no has very few weaknesses, didn't need to figure some stuff out, you know, all these different pieces. It still was a team that had Nick Saban, his quarterback won the Heisman trophy. They won an SEC title. They did all these things, and we're still like, oh, but, you know, it's still, this isn't the type of team like the team the year before or some of his other great, you know, just team, just kind of bulletproof teams. So I'm just, that's what I'm saying. So I, I think that it's, it's good that Georgia broke through. Right. I think it's going to set up some very interesting, like the Everybody Kirby. else in college football, their team can be the next Georgia. Well, I don't think everyone can necessarily be the next Georgia. <laughs> but I think that, um, you know, I, I just think it sets up some some really interesting kind of some some potential all-time great games that we could have with yeah. Alabama and Georgia here in the next few years. They're, um, they're, they're getting inspiration because Georgia, Georgia beat Alabama. I'm inspired. You are just like, you are, you know. You're I'm just, positive. I'm being I positive. That is, it's not they're inspired. I'm just saying, like, I think it's it's good. Um, the the new blood. I know they're not new. New they've blood. Been in the playoff. I know it's Georgia. You know what I'm saying though. I'm saying like in this national championship era, it's been 41 years since they won. I know. I, they listen, should. I, it's crazy it. that they haven't won in that in that span of time. Like, I know. I'm just saying. I think it it is. It's it's it creates a you know obviously they're they're a power, but I just yeah. think that you know any anyone who can challenge. Alabama on an annual basis is good for the sport right now. Yeah. And it's fun and it's interesting. And, you know, this, this, they, this is, this is the same as when LSU, when it was just Alabama and LSU. What's the difference? I think that's, that's fine. There just needs to be a second one. Okay. But what's the I, difference when it was Alabama and Clemson? I got tired of that one. That was too many. They played just too many games. And your friend works, <laughs> if your friend covers Clemson, you got tired of that one? No, those are some great things. They were classic games, but that's what I'm saying. Like, I like that. I like there. There was just so much at stake, and the coaches, and again, they they were these chess matches because they were seeing each other so frequently. I liked that stuff. I did, but I'm saying Georgia actually winning because we've only had certain teams win this thing. Yeah, LSU was a flash in the pan. They didn't stick around. They didn't make the playoff again. It, it's just it's it's good for other teams to break through. And, and to get to that level, there's very few coaches that have actually are active coaches that have won a national championship. Stop laughing at me. I'm not laughing at you. I'm not laughing at you. What I'm I'm laughing at is you keep saying it's good for other teams. And I'm like, how well, does this help other teams? No, I think 
but like, this is what, not what, what I'm saying. That's not what I mean, though. You know what I'm. You know what I mean. It's good that it's not Alabama. Yes, and that someone can like got that. They got that monkey off their back. Yeah, I, like, I think that's good. I think it's great for Kirby Smart to get the monkey off his back. Uh, with respect to Alabama, I, or, I think it's great for Georgia to get the Alabama monkey off their back. I think it's great for Kirby Smart to get the Saban monkey off his back. I hope, personally, what it does is free him up to play a more exciting, explosive brand of football to, to service all the pieces that he has. I hope he recognizes that that's the way that he's going to continue this success. That's what I'm hoping for this football team. But I, the reason I'm laughing is because, like, this doesn't help Oregon, USC, Texas, Oklahoma. It doesn't help Ohio State. No, Michigan, no, it doesn't. Michigan State. It doesn't help Wisconsin. It doesn't help Oklahoma State. It doesn't help Baylor or, it or Florida. It helps me State. personally think about this, okay? That there are other teams that I believe can beat Alabama. I need to have that in my head when a season starts because I don't like the foregone conclusion. You know I don't like the penciling the teams in the playoff, even though we're going to do it. Yeah, no, I, I like So I, I like that you know that they've done it because it's so hard. I mean, we, we knew the record of Saban against his assistants. He lost yeah. to two this year. Yeah. I just I just think not having that that stat be 0 and 20 mm-hmm. is good, is a good thing. Because just, enough teams are going to lose when they play Alabama anyway. I know. All right, let's go to – so you think expansion might help this out and somebody else is going to beat Alabama? No, I don't – okay, so this is also <laughs> the – this is where I am on the playoff expansion conversation, and you know this. You know this. Now you're just getting me all riled up. The same teams might end up playing for the national championship at the end, but that's not the reason to expand the playoff. The expanding the playoff is increasing access, having pads for everyone, and having more compelling games and matchups and engaging more teams in this entity. Mm-hmm. I see you're making a face, so, but no, I, no, no, I don't that's... need... That's no, that's me looking at my dog who's trying to eat 10 minutes before time. That's okay. that has nothing okay. to do with it. All right. Well, you know, I just assume now. <laughs> I spent my whole weekend in Indianapolis staking out three meetings related to playoff expansion. I flew to Dallas like five times for playoff expansion meetings. There were two in Chicago, at least. They've spent a lot of time on this. And on the mm-hmm. morning of a national championship game that was an all-SEC championship game, two teams in the same conference, in the same region, they can't get there. They can't get there. They can't agree on what they need to do to expand the playoff. And it would address some of the issues that are popping up, which, again, I don't think you necessarily could foresee, and you can't fault Alabama for being good. I'll play traffic cop here. How far apart are they? And what what are the different divisions? Okay. Well, Bob Bullsby was very frustrated, very pissed off when he came out and was just like, you know, these are entrenched positions and we're not closer now than we were when we got here. So it's you know, it's it's not like it's like a 50-50 split in the room. Sure. No, no. But no. It's, give me give me the factions. Okay. So you've got the faction one. Faction one is the people who like the initial proposal. 12-team playoff, six at-larges, six highest-ranked champions. So that's all the group of five leagues. Mm-hmm. That's the SEC because they were part of creating this. They like the at-larges. Mm-hmm. Notre Dame, part of creating it, they like the at-larges because then they never have to join a conference. Mm-hmm. 
and and Big Twelve. Bob Bowlesby was part of that proposal. Okay, uh, faction so then, two. Well, so then you have you have the alliance, and this is they were they, this is part of the reason they were formed, right? To to kind of work together on some stuff. They they have different hangups. So the ACC would prefer an eighteen model. Mm-hmm. ACC that would squeeze Notre Dame. That would kind of force them. That would say this is your easiest path to make the playoff. Um, but they they have more health and safety concerns about the potential of a 17th game for for some teams, mm-hmm. et cetera. Big Ten really hung up on Power Five automatic qualifier spots, and the pa- the Big Ten and the Pac-12, you know, obviously they're 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 representing the interest of the Rose Bowl in these meetings. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to expand the playoff, first of all, the easiest way to do it would be to take it out of the bowl system and just like create what you need for the games, but they're not going to do that. So the Rose bowl wants to be played at a certain time on a certain day, no matter what, but they also want protections and they want to be able to host national championship games and other rounds, but they want that game and that time slot also. So you're trying to maneuver a bunch of things into a system that has a million competing interests. And you've also got a new issue that's popped up revenue distribution Mm-hmm. That's something that the Pac-12 is wondering about, just like you know, just nailing it down specifics, which are hard to have right now as well. So anyway, you end up like having you, you just reach gridlock. Basically. Is there a third faction at all? That is, those are the those are the the obstacles. Those are okay. the ones. And so you know, when you have you know the ACC basically not loving the format size and also the timing, you know, like one of the things coming out of there their side on this is you've got NCAA reform, you've got all the NIL, all these moving pieces. This isn't the right time to do this. So they're, they're, like, that's like a fundamental objection kind of to, to this process and all the personal feelings, hurt feelings about the fallout from Oklahoma, Texas to the SEC. All of these have been issues for months and they just, I don't know why they keep meeting. Bob Bowlesby was like, have you seen the movie Groundhog Day? And I was like, that is what it feels like covering these meetings as well. So it's frustrating because all the people in the room can point out and acknowledge all of the you know potential areas that would help the sport as it again as it, we, we talk about this a lot as it tries to go from being you know largely regional to becoming national, and then they sit in a room and they can't come to an agreement on right. those things. So, I mean, I, I just think that 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 as the backdrop to that game was it was a very interesting dynamic, and also I wasted a lot of my time this weekend sitting outside of that room. And that was the bane of my existence in Indianapolis, which you're... You, you sound more frustrated. You, so I talked to you on Saturday. That was before That was pre- the meetings. And yes. you, you were already frustrated by it, and now you sound even more frustrated. I spent so many hours in the hallway of the third floor in the JW Marriott in Indianapolis. That's what I did. That, that was what I did for the national championship weekend. So you, I know you wanted to. We want to do like a little debrief because we talked about like Indianapolis. As yeah. The what did you think? How do they hand, how do they handle it? The JW was nice. JW was nice. I, I used the indoor tunnels to get to the restaurant on the night that there was the freezing rain. Mm-hmm. I used it to get to the stadium, so I didn't have to go outside either. I drove so home I, that I thought, night. I thought. Oh, in the freezing rain. Yeah. Yeah, that was bad wet. The weather was not great. The weather was bad. The weather was why you don't do this in Indianapolis in January. I totally get it. I think that people, by and large, seem to have a pretty good time, though. There were a ton good. of Georgia fans, tons of Georgia fans, because mm-hmm. it's obviously massive for them. 
But outside of the fact that they tried to have some outdoor concerts and some events outside in the in the freezing rain and snow or whatever, I think everything that was indoors, everything else, like it's, it still is a really good city for major events because it's very easy to get around. There's a lot of like large spaces to do stuff. The bars are great. The restaurants are good. Like th there was all of that energy. But I, I do think when you want to go to a national championship, like you'd want to wander around outside. You want to explore. You want to do those things. And it was very hard to do that because it was miserable weather. I'm just going to say whatever that rest that restaurant is that's on the uh, that's near the. It's not near the Starbucks, whatever restaurant it is, it's in the JW. Um, get some wraps. Get some wraps. I tried to get a grilled chicken sandwich there. I said, hey, can I get this as a wrap? They said, we don't do wraps. Get some wraps. That's all I'm saying. This is the Midwest. I don't want little, it on bread. A little, little bit like a hearty, like a sandwich. Sandwich no. people. Throw How that did... thing on some spinach. Throw that thing on a spinach wrap and let's go. Okay, fair. That's a, this, a fair criticism of, I think, high velocity, as I'm assuming that. The sports bar? I think it was. I don't remember the name. Whichever. I, yeah, could be. Sure. Yes. I, I, think, I think it ended up working out pretty well. How was it for you to physically go to the city of the national championship? Because I know you would prefer to stay at home and not see people. It was a day trip. Um, it was brutal on my legs driving down. And uh, I got a cramp as soon as I got out of the car in Indianapolis because I have not driven that far in a long time. And then the drive home was insane because there was freezing rain and it took an extra two hours to get home, but I made it home in time for bedtime, which was the main goal. That is a lot of driving in one day. Proud of you. Proud of yeah. you. It was fun to see you. Fun to do. Did some radio, some podcasts, yeah. some other work. Our, yes, I will say this. Auerbach goes even further in depth talking contracts on college sports now. So that was really fun to just to, – to, to, I had never seen Roddy and Wayne in person, so that was really nice. So it was, oh, it was really cool fun. to see everybody, and it was good to be there. We got a, I got a bunch of stuff done, and we did the whole deal. And you know that my wife is now – what are you? What did you do with your sweater and – excuse me, with your scarf and your uh, – your, I was going to ask you about this because – so the, the media gift this year – I mean, I, I don't tell her I said this, but they were really ugly. Like, they're really ugly. Winter hat, scarf, wow. whatever they did with the, the logo and the CFP colors. Wow, my wife loves them. I, that's what I'm saying. I feel like she was wearing it and, like, happy to wear it because I saw – she always steals all your free swag. So I, I assumed yes. that this was going to become her gift. <laughs> I am never going to wear it. If she would like a second set. Yeah, she would. Mine are in the plastic bag. I'm not taking those things out. I'm not doing that. I, and I also think it's pandering, you know, it's cold weather. So we got to give them, you know, a winter hat and a, and a scarf. A scarf. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just asked my Southern friends, like Grace Rayner was winning a sports, she won a rising star award at Indianapolis. So she was there for mm -hmm. a day and it was great. And I said to her, do you want me to bring you a winter coat? You live in Greenville, South Carolina. Right. I don't think you own one. Do you want me to bring you boots? Do you want me to bring you stuff? And she said no, and then she was very cold, but like I was prepared to do that. I didn't need to buy her a CFP scarf and hat. You know what I'm saying? That's all I'm saying, but that, okay. that's, that's my point. I, Listen, my wife loves it. She thinks they look great. She's enjoying them. Uh, she's, she's been wearing it all day with her sweatsuit that she got. So she, I'm can, in. Ha she can have mine as a backup for when she inevitably airs, wears this out. Absolutely. She can there do we this. Go. Well, when we do dinner, you'll have to bring it over. She'll appreciate it. Um, you want to get the last call? Because I've got a I've got a last call for you right here. Hit me. 
I had to buy a new fridge today. And not not like a my house fridge, but like a my garage fridge. And so I'm just saying cheers. So cheers to me and wish me luck tomorrow. They are delivering it tomorrow. I bought it from Mike's Discount Furniture. It is a used fridge. It is a 30-day warranty on it. So over the next 30 days, everyone, please just bless up. Just like when your friend leaves the bar and you're like, I don't think he should be going there, but hopefully he gets there safe. That's exactly how I feel about this refrigerator. Don't know if I should have bought it from this place, but I'm going for it anyway. So bless up. How did you find this place? I used to see it every day when I rode the bus up and down Ashland. So it's literally just, its a, you it's, saw the sign of the, the place and you decided. No, I, I saw them have a bunch of stuff outside and they're moving furniture in. They're moving furniture, okay. they're moving appliances in and out. It's all used appliances, used furniture. It's a secondhand shop. It's a scratch and dent. You okay. go in there, you drop 300 bucks. The lady, here's what the lady said. I said, do you guys do haul away or how much is that? And she said, you'll have to negotiate that with the driver. And I said, all right. I know you're worried about this, but this kind of sounds like a type of place you would gravitate towards. Oh, yeah. I'm and that will end up working out for you. It's going to be great. Okay. My last call. Oh, I see. Okay. Felder's <laughs> wife just walked by in the in the hat that we're talking about <laughs> as we're doing this. Um, okay. My last call. I'm just going to get my little sentimental, my little se sentimental mm -hmm. moment. It has been incredibly fun to do the show with you, Felder. I know we're going to be on a much more infrequent uh, sure. schedule moving forward here just because, you know, the seasons, we're, we're heading into off-season mode. We'll have to get you on hand in the dirt. I will absolutely do that. Um, I do not really have any current living plants right now, so we will have a lot to discuss on that show. But I am uh, just very grateful that we had our Power Hour corner of the internet all season and that we had listeners. So everyone who's listening, really grateful for you and for every uh, all the tweets that you have complaining about something that we say or agreeing with something that we say or asking for a recipe. Please continue to do that. And thank you so much. It has just been a delight to get to do this and especially to get to do last calls. I, I love this segment. I love the idea of ranting and raving and closing out each show with that. So that's what I want to say. That's like thank a real you. last call. That's like you're leaving and you're like, okay, guy. I'm, this was actually I'm, me I'm, at the at media hospitality yeah, the night of the championship game. It's three in the morning. I'm like, I got to go. But I'm like, I got to get my glass of wine to go and I just say. I miss you guys. I miss you guys. We did it. We did it. We did it. I'm going to miss you so guys. Fun. I don't know the next time I'll see you guys. Yeah, it's like, it's one of those. It's like, yeah. you're just so happy you made it to the finish line you're you're proud of what you did and you are just literally like trying to virtually hug everyone so yeah. this is for all of our listeners and again we'll be back but just not as frequent um here in the next couple of weeks um so for felder i'm nicole Auerbach. we really appreciate you listening to power hour if you're not already an athletic subscriber you can sign up at theathletic.com nicole for a very special deal on an annual subscription be sure to check out everything that stays on this feed, that lives on this feed. One True Pod later this week. Andy Staples, Ari Wasserman, their usual antics. They'll be around. Felder and I will be back at some point uh, with the next episode of Power Hour. But in the meantime, thank you for listening. And we did it. We made it to the finish line. Season's over. Congrats to everyone. Congrats to Georgia. Georgia.